So this week's episode is brought to you again by FedEx. FedEx Office. A new year brings a new beginning for all my listeners that own a business. I want to tell you about FedEx Office. If you're just starting out or have a, or have been running a business for many generations, FedEx Office gives you the best way to print marketing materials, posters, signage, graphics, and so much more. With FedEx creating, editing, saving, and ordering are fast and easy. We are teaming up with FedEx and Podgo to bring our listeners 30% off your next order of $100 or more at podgo.co backslash FedEx. That's podgo.co backslash FedEx for 30% off your next order. FedEx, the world on time. So, now that we got that out of the way, we have to talk about something serious. (laughs) All right. We're now on anchor.fm. Yes. And they give us a chance to... For people to support the show. So if you want to help support us, donate a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars. We have to eat. <laughs> so Sophia has to eat. Megan's kids have to eat. Megan has plenty of kids, so they all have to eat. Yep. So help us. Eventually we wanna go to Europe. <laughs> Eventually, but you never know. But mostly we, we're just really hungry. Yeah. Please feed us. <laughs> We're so hungry. So the way you could do that <laughs> is if you go to anchor.fm backslash BPD podcast. <laughs> this music's driving me nuts. Hold on. People are going to think we're jerks. <laughs> <laughs> I play the sad uh, ASPCA commercial. But the, the puppies are shaking in the cages and <laughs> one eye helps help support the puppies. The pup- Two legs. Yeah, The puppy has a pencil in its eyeball. And it's like, help <laughs> us. But anyway, if you go to BP, uh, anchor.fm backslash BPD podcast, right there on the main page, there'll be a little support button with the dollar sign. So if you click on it, it gives you options. We don't see your credit card number, so don't worry. So you can contribute 99 cents, $4.99, or $10 a month. So if you want to, that'd be awesome. If you don't, then all right, enjoy the free material. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, be that way. Anyway. Be that way. But anyway, that's out of the way. Feed us. <laughs> so this week's episode shall be about the 1990s. Part one. That's part one because there's so much stuff there's that... So much good music. It's hard to just be one episode. Yeah. So Kelly's making noise again. I'm trying... The cord is in the way, so I'm trying to see my... The document. He's so stupid. Okay. I'll remember that later. Anyway. So... <laughs> In doing research for this episode, I found it was on the Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. I typed in the 1990s, and that was probably one of the longest documents on Wikipedia ever. It just lit on fire and blew up. (laughs) It kept going and going and going. It's like, wow. The computer glitched out. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. I'm I'm afraid to, when we do the 80s episode, what we're going to run into, how long that document's going to be. Yeah. Because the 90s was incredibly long. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read a little bit of it, and I have Kelly ready to read as well. Mm -hmm. So it tells us the popular music in the 1990s saw the continuation of teen pop and dance pop trends, which had started in the 1970s and the 80s. Hip-hop grew and continued to be highly successful in the decade and was considered the genre's golden age. We got to think Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac were in that Mm -hmm. time frame, so that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And so aside from rap, reggae, Contemporary R&B and urban music in general remain extremely popular throughout the decade. So you got to think Blackstreet, uh, R. Kelly. Well, we shouldn't talk about R. Kelly because he has a couple cases against him. 
Yeah, let's not bring him up. <laughs> Brian McKnight. Yeah. So a whole bunch Boys of Boys to Men. Boys to Men. ABC, BB. Whatever that means. <laughs> so, also, the rock music was very popular in the 1990s. So we got grunge, Britpop, industrial rock, and other alternative rock music emerged and took over as the most popular of the decade, as well as punk rock, ska punk, new metal, and that was pretty popular. Brett would have had a field day with all these subgenres. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead. You can take over the electronic music. All right. So that had the popularity for electronic music rose in the 80s and then grew really highly popular in the 90s. Um, house and techno from the 80s rose to international success uh, in this decade, as well as new electronic dance music genres such as trance, happy hardcore, drum and bass, uh, intelligent dance, and trip hop. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. I don't know. I, I, I didn't want to search what trip hop what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I made you read it. Thanks. <laughs> so we can skip ahead. And some of the mainstream mainstream American alternative rock bands of the '90s included Hootie and the, Blow, Hootie and the Blowfish. I wouldn't consider them rock, though. Would you? Mm, yeah. I I couldn't name another Hootie and the Blowfish song besides "Hold My Hand." Yeah, yeah. I wasn't into them. When so. I hear them, I know them, but I don't. Yeah, know I like his country stuff now. Um, Darius Rucker. Yeah, he has cool music now. Isn't Col- he from like Georgia or something? I think he's from South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, maybe. He's from in this vicinity here. Area. Yeah. So we got Collective Soul, Creed, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Dinosaur Jr., which I don't know who that is, Mm -mm. The Mighty Mighty Bostones, Green Day, Weezer, Live, The Wallflowers, Toad, The Wet Sprocket, okay, REM, (laughs) The Offspring, Matchbox 20, which is a phenomenal band. We need to do an episode about them. That might, you know what, maybe. Because I love them. Because that's like the soundtrack. Yeah, Rob of, Thomas. Yeah. That's the soundtrack okay. of my high school he's years. Great, yeah. He's got a great voice. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I hadn't he's thought about that. He's a lot that. of interesting collaborations. Yeah, and that one of my songs is a, a collaboration, a collaboration yeah. of his. And I have a cool story about Rob Thomas. You do have a cool story, huh. but did you get permission to tell the story? I don't care. Ooh, for legal reasons, you have to have permission. No, I don't. But anyway, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, which are still around, mm-hmm. Soul Asylum, Liz Fair. The Lemonheads, Soundgarden, Counting Crows, Spin Doctors. I'm just going to skip over bands I don't know. The Goo Goo Dolls, phenomenal, which we might have to do an episode on them. Mm -hmm. Third Eye Blind, Smash Mouth, ugh. (laughs) The Smashing Pumpkins, Four Non Blondes, Beck. I'm not a big Beck person. I'm not a Beck fan. He kind of reminds me of that bald guy, um, Moby. Yeah. I got a Moby vibe. I didn't like Moby. I don't like those guys. I, I couldn't like you I have to be too hip. It. You have to be too hip to understand them. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. The Gin Blossoms, Foo Fighters, Sublime, Marcy's Playground, No Doubt, Hole, Cake, Blind Melon, Stone Temple Pilots, Garbage, and Pearl Jam. Um, also, in the 1990s, there was a revival of singer-songwriter movement of the 1970s. So those artists included Nora Jones, Dido, Sarah McLachlan, also Mariah Carey. Alanis Morissette, Tori Amos, Fiona Apple, Liz Fair, Edwin McCain, which is from Greenville, South Carolina, mm-hmm. Duncan Sheik, Jewel, Natalie Merchant. I'm not familiar who Tall Backman is. I feel like I should know who that is. I feel like I know who it is, but I can't place yeah. them. Sean Mullins. He only had one song, Lullaby. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Sheryl Crow and Lisa Loeb. So the most famous album of that whole singer-songwriter movement was the Alanis Morissette album, Jagged Little Pill. I believe that. Which that album was everywhere. It was. Yeah. Every- my brother, I remember listening to it at my brother's place when it came out because my parents wouldn't let me get the album. Ooh, you're a rebel. <laughs> That's what I, okay, so uh. Backman... Hal Backman is uh, She's So High. She's So High. Yeah. Uh, That's okay, what I recognized yeah. it from. Yeah. yeah. I recognized which was, his name, and as soon as you said that, I was like, oh. Okay. Which is a good song. Yeah. I actually like yeah. that song. I wonder, a one-hit wonder. I'm, I, poor guy. Like a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Him and Sean Mullins, one-hit wonders yeah. of the 90s. Well, but, but that was, was Marcy's Playground, really. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like them. That kid was around. I wasn't a big fan, but that song's been remade a couple of times, and I like the newer versions than the original. Yeah. I just didn't like it. It was weird. <laughs> All right, and then, yeah. So, also in the 1990s, artists such as Dave Matthews, uh, yay, Shania Twain, Brian Adams, Elliot Smith, Melissa Etheridge, and Sheryl Crow created a brand new acoustic bass rock style, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that's the 90s in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And that, and and sadly, that was like a small. Like a small, a small snippet. snippet. When you click on Wikipedia and type in the 1990s, that's the first page you see. Yeah. And if you keep scrolling, it just keeps going. Yeah, 90s was a big, uh, was a big movement. Well, I mean, it was 10 years. Yeah. And it was our formative years. A lot years. of different mm-hmm. genres. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was a lot. We had a of... lot of different genres that were very popular. Yep. And it's our formative years, so it, it, we hold it very close to our hearts. Because mm-hmm. in 1990, I was six. Megan, were you born? I was. A year old. A year old. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So she was very she was very influenced by I the nineties. Born in eighty nine. Eighty nine. Born in November of eighty nine. Oh jeez. Also, so you're a nineties kid. Yeah. Basically. She's a yeah, no. She's an eighties baby. She's an eighties baby. Eighties baby. Nineties kid. But nineties kid. Yep. Like us. Yeah. Like us. But I got into nineties rock when I was a teenager because of my brother. He was a big. Yeah. Um, uh, he listened to a lot of the. Not grungy rock, but like Alice in Chains mm-hmm. and Green Day and, yeah. you know, Soul Asylum and stuff like that, where it was kind of like um, more of the, well, not Soul Asylum, but like grungier type stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I got into that because of him. And so then it kind of made me go and search more. And then the more I got into music, the more I just found bands that I enjoyed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. That makes or sense. I heard it on movies or whatever. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. I, mean, so I got my music, my music taste. That was like when you had to listen to the radio. Like you had no yeah. other way. Uh, cassettes. Yeah, cassettes. But like that's how you would hear the songs was on the radio. Mm-hmm. There was no Pandora. There was no Spotify. Jeez. You know. We grew up in the art in the dark ages. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it sometimes because. I, I remember still calling the radio station and like requesting. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, I did that numerous times, and I never got to hear my song played because they what? they would always have these like other Florida's weird. Oh man, they would man. always have these like <laughs> other songs lined up, and I would like never hear the song. I think I heard it maybe one time. I requested a song. I had a friend who he um, we had one hundred six point seven Light FM, mm-hmm. and they'll play all every all the light the the sad, depressing love songs mm-hmm. to you know, just like. All right. Sad, depressing. Yes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so he broke up with this girl. I'm not going to name any names, but he'll know when he listens to this. So he he breaks up with this girl, and he calls, and he requested. I, I think it was like a jagged edge song, mm. like one of those sad ones. Um, mm. I'm sorry, maybe it was. 
No, it was Chicago. Uh, hard to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was Chicago. And he played and he said a little blurb in front of it. And they actually read it on the radio. Oh, my God. And they got back together. And I was like, and in my, in my, at that age, I was like, he's my role model. <laughs> I was like, he's amazing. He was like, listen to the words. He was like, listen, it's hard for me to say I'm sorry. That's where you got it from. <laughs> That's why it's said. it's probably from him. <laughs> so you know who you are. Very possible. You know who you are. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So list to the words. Anyway, that's gonna be my 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 uh my my uh, slogan for the show. <laughs> Listen to the words. <laughs> so we picked out some random songs. I I started to realize that my songs were to the tail end of the nineties. Oh really? Which kind of sucks, but it's cool. It's okay. Mine was one of mine is I don't know where my other ones were. My well, I have one that was early nineties. Okay, but my first one is Everlong Foo Fighters, nineteen ninety seven. Now Dave Grohl, the lead singer of the Foo Fighters, who was a drummer of Nirvana, said that this song is about being connected to someone so much that you don't you don't only love them physically and spiritually, but you sing along with them, you harmonize perfectly. Like when we sing together, we're in perfect harmony. Okay. <laughs> no, I think you and Lily are in perfect harmony. Lily just sits there and watches her. Yeah, she's just sitting here looking at me. <clears throat> she tried to come under my table. Of course she did. She realized that wasn't going to work. So the song evokes real love, the feeling of shyness, yet excitement, like the first time for anything. It's a feeling that's so strong that you want it to last forever, even though you know nothing ever lasts forever. So I like in the music video is one of the coolest music videos ever. It's trippy and cool, but Dave Grohl's trying to protect his girlfriend, and when he sees that she's in trouble, his hand grows super large, and he starts smacking everybody who tries to be to touch her. <laughs> I always remember growing up when Foo Fighter videos they they were like that. They were yeah. just like weird. They were they would dress in like can you take her collar off? Women's clothes and like have these wigs all on and everything, and it was just like. It, that was it's just like they did it just to be remembered. Yes, and, yeah. and we remember them. And they were just, you know, being goofy too. Yeah. And that's what I always remember about Foo Fighters is that they had these videos that they were just being silly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I liked them so much because I liked their videos. It's because they don't take themselves that seriously. Yeah, and I liked that. They weren't like, you know. So uh, an For interesting. Somebody's voice that is so serious, like Dave Grohl. Yeah. Yeah. He. They're kind of a goofy band. Have you watched that video of the little girl drumming to Everlong? Yes. I, I, yeah. Yes. Oh, she's I think so good. Amazing. Yeah. They've then... sent a couple videos back and forth between them, mm-hmm. like him and her and Dave Grohl. Sent like I think they're on like the third set of um, of sending stuff back and forth to one another. I need to That's watch. Really I need cool. to keep up with that because I, I missed but out. I found I found two different ones at least, and then he, then he challenged her to another song, and he's like, "Let me know when you cha- get this one." And she was like, "Okay." You know, <laughs> so she, yeah, she's like what nine? Something yeah. like Eight that. Yeah, she's like Soap Sage. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. So I found it interesting that <laughs> Dave Grohl wrote this song to reflect his feelings about his first wife Jennifer when they were at the beginning of the relationship. So they were dating about two years when they moved when she moved to Seattle to be closer to Dave. And the day she moved, he asked her to marry him. And they got married later on that year. And so his wife gave him some stability when he was just floating around in life. But they got married way too soon. They divorced two years later. Which sucks. Because you're like, you write this amazing, beautiful song. And then you get divorced. Mm-hmm. 
It sucks. But he wore out, he because of that divorce he wore, he wrote the song "Walking After You," which is a really really cool song. Hmm. But yeah. it's not it's not in the nineties. I don't think I've heard that one. It's a good one. It's a good one. They don't have they don't have bad music to be honest with you. The Foo Fighters. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They have really all, good. All the songs that I've heard, I like. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So we'll move on. All right. To the next one. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> the next one is when I think of this song, I think of. <laughs> White people dancing. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, the next one is "Getting Jiggy with It" by Will Smith. Now, I heard that "Getting Jiggy with It" is, is very inappropriate slang for something. Okay, I'm joking. I don't know. I just want, I just want to throw <laughs> you for a loop. Maybe not in 1997. Yeah, yeah, maybe now it is. I just want to throw you for then. a loop. <laughs> well, so Will Smith was real big in the 90s because Fresh Prince was out. And which we've actually been rewatching some of that. We have? Well, you have, but then I started watching a little bit with you. There's nothing better than the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, that's an amazing show. It's it's classic. It's still funny to this day. And and I think it's more funny now that I'm an adult mm-hmm. watching it because now I kinda understand. Now all the jokes make sense. All the jokes make sense and you know what they're talking about. Yep. Um, but this song spent three weeks at the top of the Billboard Hot One Hundred. It won a Grammy uh, in 99 for the best rap solo performance. It ranked number the 68th greatest song of the 90s by VH1. It won best rap video at the 98 MTV VMAs. It was nominated. You're going to love this, hun. It was nominated for best choreography, viewer's choice, and best dance video and video of the year, but lost all of that to Madonna's Ray of Light. <laughs> That's so disgusting. That is wow. That kind of made me. She probably won everything in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, she really did. She won a lot because that she had like I think that was I think she had gone on hiatus or something for a while, and then that album, that Ray of Light album, came out, and it was just like everywhere. Um, but the so the song, um getting jiggy with it was referenced in the film superstar and on an episode of seinfeld really i don't remember that yeah there i think there's an episode where jerry says it like he says he was gonna get jiggy with it or something like that (laughs) (laughs) i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) um it peaked at number one on the u.s hot 100 hot rap songs and canada dance Um, and then it ranked number 19 on AOL Radio's 100 Worst Songs Ever in 2010, back in 2010. And then it was included that same year in Pitchfork Media's list of the seven worst U.S. number one singles of the 90s. Do you want to know who he beat out for that Grammy? Who? Will Smith for that Grammy for the Jenny Gang G with it. Uh-huh. He beat out Busta Rhymes for Dangerous. Uh-huh. Lauren Hill, Lost Ones. He beat out Jay Z's Hard Knock Life. Really? He beat out jo- Wyclef Jean's Gone to November, which is one of my one of my all time favorite songs. Beastie wow. Boys Intergalactic. What? Jermaine Dupri's Money Ain't a, Th- Ain't a Thang. <laughs> he beat out Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn's Deja Vu Uptown song, which is a phenomenal song that talks about all the boroughs in New York. Wow. He beat out Outcast Rosa Parks. All right, strap in. He beat out Praz for Ghetto Superstar. Really? Or Hard Knock Life 
Volume 2 by Jay-Z. He beat out Big Punisher, Capital Punishment. How how do you beat out all these guys with getting jiggy with it? With it. <laughs> what was getting that? jiggy with it. <laughs> Ugh. It's in the same fashion that like um Miley Cyrus beat out all of those people with her music. True. Yeah. Her music is crap, but it was because she was such a popular star. Yeah. You know, as a kid, and then now she's an adult, and now she's and her music still crap. Sexualized herself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's still crap. But like now she beats out everybody, and people think she's so good, but she's not. And it's it's yeah. almost just like her persona is more winning than the yeah. actual yeah. material. But it could have been also record sales too, because er- everybody bought that album that Jen- that uh oh, yeah. Will Smith album. Yeah. I mean, and Will Smith, yeah, he was, I mean, his music wasn't the greatest, but it was clean for one thing. That's what I was going to say. That's why I've always respected about Will Smith is that yes. he doesn't curse at his music, so. Yeah. No. And that's why I like him, is because he's clean in his but music. That was not my favorite Will Smith rap. Though. No. No, like, it's love, it's not. It, you know, I just remember it being very, very big. It was in, everywhere. In oh, yeah. the 90s. Oh, yeah, sure. So I was like, I have to include this song. Do you know what was the record of the year that year? The year that Will Smith won this Grammy? No. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Okay. That, I forgot that was a that 90s doesn't song. Me. Yeah, that it doesn't does, surprise that me. Yeah. I forgot that was that a 90s was song. That was everywhere, too. Wow. Yeah, I forgot Titanic was a 90s movie. Do you know who won the... Um, who was nominated for Best New Artist? Hmm. Lauren Hill, Backstreet Boys, Andrea Bocelli, Dixie Chicks, and Natalie Ambruglia. Hmm. Which Lauren Hill won. Yeah, she should. But anyway, so getting jiggy with it. Na 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 na. <laughs> uh, everybody did that dance. Oh yeah, I can still do that dance. I love it. It doesn't take much. I know. <laughs> Lily could do that dance. I know. I we, can make her do that. dance. We can get Zoe to do that dance. Easy. <laughs> uh. With her stitches. I make Zoe do a lot of dances. <laughs> I still. Quite frustrated with me. I still love the fact that you try to do a little secret handshake with her on your Instagram. And you do the little yeah. handshake, and she just topples over. She's like, Thud. She just fell over. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> asked me, do you fall over part of the pancake? I was like, I should have. I should have gotten us, like, falling over together. <sighs> All right. So on to the next one by Megan. Oh, I'm stuck. Well, I had to change my pick, so I actually did, forgot to put the stuff in the document. Oh, okay. But, um, I, I had picked uh, Torn by Natalie Imbruglia, or Imbruglia, however you say it. Um but this this one uh, came out in what was it ninety eight maybe ninety seven something like that. But she actually um, trying to find my document. Sorry, you cool. Um, she won. She won the overall like worldwide or the overall worldwide achievement for her song on this one uh, was in 99 and man, my thing is glitching sorry you're fine we're still talking about anyway, we're... go ahead sorry <laughs> anyway i um i've always liked the song um again it was part of the ones that were on the the play music things now that's what i call music or you mm-hmm. yeah you know stuff like that where you know it's just it was kind of included i never actually i don't think to this day i've ever heard an entire album by her um but i i've always liked this song of hers um i think she has a really good voice um, she does even by herself 
she sounds very good acoustically, like just with her and like a piano or her and a guitar. She sounds very good. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually a really funny video. I forget what it's called, but it's on YouTube and they're doing this benefit concert something, but it's kind of like they're doing it through comedy. And there's this guy that is pretending to do sign language and he's doing this song, (laughs) but the way he's doing this fake sign language is absolutely phenomenally hilarious. Hmm. And then she actually comes out and sings with him. Like she sings and he signs, but he's not actually doing sign language. He's acting out the song basically. <laughs> but when you listen to the lyrics, that's what's funny is like, you know, just saying stuff like I saw a man brought to life. And he's like, it, it's just so, it's, if you want to laugh, just look it up. It's hilarious. It's like fake fake sign language torn natalie and brilliant like you gotta that's how you find it but it is hilarious so i recommend watching it but um but the sales of the song it was three million copies worldwide um and her accolades were she won an aria award and two brit awards and Hmm. a billboard music award and three grammy nominations um i love this song when it came out mm -hmm. yeah it was one of my favorites i do too i still like it she re-released it actually a couple of times, but it was re-released um, also in 2003 because it was in a movie uh, called Johnny English, which I think is a... That's Mr. Bean. Guy Bean. Yeah, yeah Mr. it's Bean Mr. Bean. Movie. It's in that one because she's in that movie. Isn't she British? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, she's she, in that. She's... That just blew my mind. <laughs> she's Australian and British. Okay. I knew she, I yeah. remember that she had an accent and I couldn't remember. Oh my God. Yeah. It just blew my mind. She's from Sydney, Australia. But then I think she was maybe raised in somewhere in Britain or something mm. like that. Like, I don't know her backstory very well. But, um, but yeah, I always like the song. It doesn't, I mean, the words are pretty, but they don't have like huge significance for me but like yeah i just i like the lyrics and i like how she says things in it mm-hmm. um, how she articulates the words um and i think her voice is really pretty i like so the guitar one of my picks. i always like the guitar riff to start off the song mm-hmm. oh yeah i am I, i'm the looking it's kind of weird the video is like her, yeah they're like you guys seen the video yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like they're shooting a movie yeah. or something yeah so she's like standing there and she's acting with another person but then they're just standing there kind of like they're so bored and then they're like <laughs> then they act like they're in love and then they're just standing there like so bored and so it doesn't really make sense but yeah. you know most videos don't so. yeah yeah I, I like the song a lot when i was listening to a 90s playlist to prepare for this episode mm-hmm. this one i think was like one of the first ones that i played and i was like man i, I, I always forget, forget about i forget it. about yeah. this song but then when it plays you're like you, you remember know, every single word yeah, you're like you wow this is amazing yeah, yeah. such a good song yeah, yeah. That's like that Savage Garden song. I think a lot of song. people make fun of it. <laughs> I think a lot of people make fun of it for some reason just because she was just not extremely popular. Um, yeah. I think she was popular because of this song. Yeah. And maybe yeah. a couple others, but um, she never got huge, huge traction. Like, I guess, especially in the U.S., but yeah. um, it was always my one of my picks that, yeah. especially yeah. like, you know, if you're, <laughs> it was always something that for some reason, like when we were at, you know, playing games or something we would just start somebody would start singing it we'd all like join in and just sing it and then it's just like one of those songs that it's you just it's a great karaoke song yeah, yeah it's, it's a great karaoke it's song like it's just fun one of those songs that you can just like belt out in your car yeah. like just singing like 
Like, like uh, make it make one of those TikToks where um the dog, the dog is, is sitting there listening yeah. to the the, the mom <laughs> scream. Yeah. The uh, what song is it? The Taylor Swift song or? I don't I don't know what song it is. Yeah, no, it's the Kelly Clarkson because of you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that with Lily. You should recreate it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but when you mentioned that karaoke thing, um, I remember when I was a kid, we, me and my mom, um, we went to Marshall's up in New York and. That was like a big to do because Marshall's was in the city. <laughs> so you're like, oh, we hit, we're going to my mom's like, we're going to Marshall's like Ooh, Manhattan. But <laughs> and now you go to Marshall's everywhere. Now Marshall's like, a, yeah, it's my like mom, everywhere. my mom lives in Marshall's yeah. till this day. <laughs> but um, so <laughs> we, we go over there and the Marshall's in New York was two stories. I don't know why I remember these details, but they were playing a radio. They were playing the radio. And I swear by all for all for yeah, is it all, all for, for one, one. Mm-hmm. starts playing and. I mean, I was, I must've been like 11 or 12 at this point in time, but it starts playing and I start humming along and then another person starts humming along and then the whole store burst out and sang the song. That sounds like, that's awesome. All of us just burst out singing the song, except, except for my mom. Cause she's just like, what? <laughs> Cause your mom didn't probably didn't understand. She's like, it. what's going on? <laughs> but all of us just start singing. I swear. <laughs> that sounds like something that would happen in like a movie. Yeah. And I'm like, and it, <laughs> for me to remember this, it, it, it left a very imp- well. Imp- how could you not remember that? A big impression in me. I'm like, we, I, we just all sang. I've never, never heard that story. No, no. You wow. Like out of sixteen Almost years that we've been together. Nice. I can still surprise one her. One story that I never really. Heard. Yes. Huh. I never that heard that story. Interesting. I can't believe that's not like the first story you told me. I probably wouldn't have believed you that it was real. No, it was real. It legit. <laughs> what do they call those? Like the breakout? What do they call the, um, the flash mobs? Flash mobs. Flash, yeah, yeah. Flash yeah. Mobs. It was a. It was a. It was a I've vocal... always wanted to be in a flash mob. It's a. It's <laughs> a dancing because I can't dance. It's a like, vocal flash I would mob. Totally mm-hmm. go up and sling, sing to random people. Yeah. Do you know the story of uh, when Kelly and I were dating when we went to oh, the mall? I mean, uh, the outlet stores. It was the outlets in Orlando. Do you know that story, Megan? Uh, um, no, I don't think so. So we're dating, and I'm trying to make an impression. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up. <laughs> so we go to this store, and she finds a pair of earrings that she likes. And she's like, I really like these earrings. I'm like, oh, that's pricey. I work for the state. That doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work for me. I make minimum that's, wage. For that's me. when he realized that his girlfriend had expensive taste. <laughs> I was like, I work for the state of Florida. I make pennies. But um, the girl, the guy said, was it a guy or a girl? It was a girl. The girl signed the, the earring. She's like, well, we're having a deal that if you sing a song on karaoke, we'll give you half off. Yeah, it was like half off. And I was like, well, give me that microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I scrolled and I found uh, Coldplay Yellow. Yeah. So I sang that song in a store full of people <laughs> to get 50% off. And it was really embarrassing to me because I, I like, can't oh sing. oh my gosh. I can't sing, but. I was like, I cannot believe somebody's singing for me. <laughs> Money. Like I've seen karaoke to get half on phone. Ex- so yeah, fifty percent. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I'll yeah have a beat down anywhere. So that was our story. That's yeah. our, my That's singing awesome. story. I, I, I need bo- to hear you sing still. I sing, I can't sing. sing. I really can't sing. Yeah, he can't sing. I have an awful voice. Puberty <laughs> hit me hard. <laughs> it really did. When I was I was hit in you the, with the hit you with the bad. Thing. It hit me in the throat, and it yeah. When I, I was in elementary school, I was in the Glee Club, and then when puberty hit. Destroyed it. Yeah. Destroyed it. So, yeah. So. Your turn. <clears throat> my next song is I'll Be by Edward McCain. The song is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I still love this song. So, Edward McCain revealed that this um, 
A breakup made him write the song, obviously. It was the end of a relationship for me, but it was also an admission of my inability to function in a relationship. Hence, the love suicide line. And it was the hope that I would be better, grow, and be a better as a person. I was struggling with some personal problems at the time. And he was admitting that it was a, it was an admission of failure and this prayer that I could be a better person wrapped up as a sort of end of the relationship kind of thought. So he says on that. Sorry, I was, I was reading this note. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know what to say about that. It's just really sad. Okay, so re- just read it. I'm just really sad and I want, I want to cry. Whatever. <clears throat> Sorry, I had a frog in my throat. So, um, he always says, I'll always be your biggest fan. I'll, I'll, I'll always be a fan. Because he loved her. Yeah. I don't know. I just It's such a simple song, but it's so beautiful. and It, always, it gets to me. Yeah, it's a really pretty song. And, and it, he has a nice voice. Yeah. And his other song, I could not ask for more, gets me oh, worse. I love that song. I think I like that one. Yeah, the the better than this one, but. Mm-hmm. And it, it brings me back to a, a special person. It wasn't, it wasn't like a romantic thing, but it was a it was a special relationship between me and this person, and it was it was just a nice. It, it brings me back to this person. What? Why am I getting the stink eye? What person? This person. What person? A friend of mine. Who's that? A friend. What friend? A friend. What friend? What's her name in social security? So stupid. I need her blood type. <laughs> anyway, at the height of the song's no, popularity. We're not done with that. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> at the height of the song's popularity back in 1998, it was featured during a pivotal moment in this first season finale of the WB, WB series Dawson's Creek Oof. titled Decisions. I remember that. Can you? I still, it just blew my mind that it was called, I just remember that it was called the WB. Mm-hmm. It's not what it's CW. the CW, yeah. the WB with the frog. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also included in the episode of a show called Higher Ground, which I'm not familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. It also was in a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with Hillary yeah. Duff? Mm-hmm. Okay, one of many Cinderella mm-hmm. story movies. It, um, in the office. They sang it in the episode "Here Comes Treble" <laughs> with Andy Bernard's uh, acapella group, <laughs> and it ended up being a success for Edward McCain, peaking at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 after debuting at number seven. And it's his only, his first and only top ten hit and his biggest hit, which sucks. I, I feel like he could have had a bigger career. He could have, I think. I think maybe they just didn't um, give him the right songs. He no, but yeah, he wrote he all the songs. Really play, oh, well, he doesn't really then play. Then he didn't write like, the right songs. Like, <laughs> he doesn't really play like big venues though. Like, no, he yeah, he does mostly like dive bars and yeah. small small venues. But I mean, maybe that was a choice for him. Maybe he didn't want to be. Maybe he liked playing like dive bars and. I or... saw him from a distance at a concert that was like with a bunch of people and. I remember seeing him and hearing him and somebody saying, oh, Edwin McCain's over on that stage. And I was like, okay. And we went the other direction. Oh, wow. (laughs) Somewhere else. And it's not that I didn't want to see him, but then it was just like, I wanted to see somebody more. So it was just, but I saw him from a distance playing. He played, he played (laughs) here. We didn't go up to his stage. (laughs) He played here not too long ago at the um, Simpsonville 
Yeah. Amphitheater. Pavilion. Yeah. yeah, the pavilion. Yeah. And I don't know why we didn't. He was playing with somebody else and we didn't. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I guess we weren't that impressed. We, we... Yeah, it must not have been anybody else we wanted to see. And I only know the two songs. Yeah, we only know two songs so... that came, which stinks. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to more of his music. Yeah. I feel bad. But yeah, that, <laughs> song, that song was everywhere. Yeah. Was. Everywhere. Yep. I'll be. What a beautiful song. All right. Onward. That's a good wedding song. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think it's usually a wedding. It is. But then what if you, like, I, hmm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. You're I, thinking of it as a breakup song. Yes. And yeah. I think most people think of it as a romantic, like. They just focus on the like, chorus. There. Yeah. 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 But. They're not really. They're not listening to the rest of it. They don't listen to the words. Yo, come on. Listen to the words. Yeah, because with wedding songs, I feel like you have to be very careful with them. Yes. Because if, God forbid, you break up, you have destroyed this song for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like you can't pick a popular song either. Yeah. The song has to be at least 20 years old Mm -hmm. or can't be popular at all. Yeah. That's my my reasoning. Well, then I hope we never break up because we just ruined Richard Marks for me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying you can't. I <clears throat> I remember when um, Hoobastank had the song "The Reason." Mm. I went to several weddings that summer, and everybody had that song. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm like, it it's, it literally just came out, and you're playing this song. Did any of them break up? I haven't talked to them, so God only knows. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but. The only one that was successful in pulling that off is our friend David and Melissa. They picked uh, Casey and JoJo. Um, All My Life. All My Life. Mm-hmm. And they're still together. They've been together yeah. pff, most of my life. Yeah, so at least but 20 years. More. More than that. More than that. Because mm-hmm. I was, I must have been 12 or 13 when they got married. Yeah. Whenever that song came out, All My Life, they played, that was their wedding song. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's my my rant on wedding songs. My apologies. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. All right. <laughs> Moving on. All right. So this next song was very, very popular in the early 90s. It came out in 91. And I felt I wasn't really into this band that much, but I felt like this song had to be on this list. Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. <laughs> Almost. Um, very close. Do you know what's funny is I was when I was playing my playlist for 1990s music, she rapped to the whole song that when I heard the Coolio song, she oh, was yeah. rapping to it. And I'm like, wait, how do you know this? <laughs> I'm like, you grew up in Boynton Beach. Like, I've been spending most of my life living <laughs> in a gangster's paradise. I was like, what gangster's paradise? <laughs> like, off old Boynton Road. There ain't no gangsters over there. I mean, she knows the Weird Al Yankovic version. I no, I no. don't actually. Straight up, straight up. I was like, look at here, a little Michelle Pfeiffer rapping this song. Because I watched that movie, too. Oh, I forgot that was off a movie. It was a movie, yeah. What movie was that? It wasn't called Gangster's Paradise, was no. it? No. Oh, she was a teacher or something. Yeah, she is a teacher in the hood. I can't think of the song, of the name of the movie. Anyway, back, let's, let's take a small rewind while she thinks about the name of the song, the movie. I'm going to look it up. We watched the movie, um, Megan, The Music of Our Heart. And it? we loved it. Like it. We loved it. Sophia I said, seen it. <laughs> what? I had already seen it. I've never seen that movie, and I really, really enjoyed it. Yep. 
and we saw Gloria Stefan's daughter. Like, look, look, that's Gloria Stefan's daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at. But yeah, it was funny that I'm, I'm listening to this song and I'm 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 at work listening to it and I hear in the background she's over there. I've been spending most of life. <laughs> Dangerous minds. Dangerous minds. Yep, it was a good movie. I don't remember much about it except for Michelle Pfeiffer. We gotta rewatch that movie. It's a good movie. Hmm. We'll check it out. I enjoyed it. Which one, Music of Our Heart or Gangster's Paradise? Both. Okay. I'm not watching <laughs> Music of the Heart again because I'm not paying no. 12 bucks again. No, no, no. Dangerous Minds. I want to watch that. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Moving on. Okay, so my song. <laughs> wow. My joke took a drastic turn. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um. So this song is Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Yep. It was the second single off their album, Nevermind. And then this this song really, like, exploded for them. Oh, yeah. And they were not expecting it. Um, it So it propelled the album to the top, uh, to t- the top of several album charts at the start of 92. Um, and it marked it as the point where grunge entered the mainstream. Um, it was their biggest hit in most countries, including Belgium, France, New Zealand, and Spain. You know, it's funny is that when I, whenever we we list off these other country mm-hmm. charts, I'm like, they listen to music in other countries, <laughs> like the top 100 songs of more popular there than yeah, I know, like the top 100 songs of Afghan Af- Afghanistan. I'm like, Who, what? <laughs> You listen to music over there? Well, of yeah, all... how does Kurt Cobain translate? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it translates to French and Spain and Spanish. I think they mostly listen to the music. It was like da na na na, and it just, they just like the they like the beat of it. Yeah, maybe. Like um, like um, all these bands that go to South America or go to Japan. Yeah. Like half those kids don't understand what they're saying, but it's the music. If the music's that good, yeah, they and they, they'll probably Google the lyrics and yeah, they don't care about the they lyrics. Don't, yeah. Usually, if the if they like the beat and the yeah. music, um, but this was this song was dubbed an anthem for apathetic kids of Generation X. Um, since Kurt Cobain's death, listeners and critics continued to praise the song as one of the greatest songs of all time. I can see that. Yeah, um, it won two VMAs and was in heavy rotation uh, on MTV, uh, and then. MTV's Amy Finnerty of the programming department claimed that the video changed the entire look of MTV by giving the channel a whole new generation to sell to. Uh, in 2000, the Guinness World Records named it the most played video on MTV Europe. It was included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of the songs that shaped rock and roll, which I completely believe yeah. that because it did. Um, it was ranked number 80 with the record with the RIAA on their songs of the century list in 2004 rolling stone ranked it ninth on its list of the 500 greatest songs of all time can you imagine mm-hmm. number four of the of all time all time, all time. No, ninth ninth i'm sorry ninth of all time it was yeah. in, in 2004 yeah but still that's heavy number nine yeah that's still a lot of 500 a fi- sorry you love it don't you making noise <laughs> 500 passionate about 500 <laughs> songs of all time number nine yep wow um it was inducted into the grammy hall of fame in 2017 which i didn't know that existed yeah i didn't either and then i thought it was interesting how um he came up with this title 
Um, he came up with the song's title when his friend wrote Kurt smells like teen spirit on his wall and he they were referencing the deodorant teen spirit but he didn't know about the deodorant until months after the song was released and he had interpreted it as a revolutionary slogan because they had been discussing anarchism and punk rock that's funny (laughs) but it's always that's always the case when like whenever like something historical happens is usually just by chance just yeah that's how a lot of it i mean that's how like a lot of uh inventors mm-hmm. like it's just by chance like we were watching um i don't know if we've talked about it on the show the food that builds america the food that built the food that built america and coca-cola was one of them and it was he was just trying to find a way to relieve his pain the dude was a severe drug addict and he was yeah. trying to find something to help him with his with his pain with his pain and he just mixed cocaine leaves with with sugar and this and that it's yeah. by chance made coca-cola yeah and sold it for like pennies oh poor guy <laughs> the schmuck sold it to some some hustler and lost all his money mm-hmm. so the moral of the story is be the hustler don't be the inventor yeah. be the hustler <laughs> be the guy that buys it for exactly <laughs> yeah that's what happened at mcdonald's yeah those two brothers that made the system of mcdonald's and they sold it to ray Kroc, mm-hmm. who wants to franchise it and he's he, they sold it for like what was it 16 million dollars Something like that. Uh, no, it was $2 million total. Each one of them got a million, which was equivalent to $16 million now in today's money. Yeah. And they thought like, okay, cool. We're set for life. And then McDonald's just exploded. And they're like, yeah. wait, what? Billions of dollars later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So then the song wasn't actually expected to be a hit. It was intended to be... Um, like a base building uh, mm-hmm. alternative rock cut from the album. Um, now the single Come As You Are was actually what they planned on being the single that would cross over into mainstream. But Which I was, can see that. It was Smells Like Teen Spirit did it though. And Spirit just <laughs> took over. I think what, what sold Spirit was the video. That's what everybody remembers the video. Mm-hmm. Um, and the video was so popular that after it was initially premiered on MTV's late night program, 120 minutes. They started airing it during its regular daytime rotation. Um, and they added the video to, uh, the buzz bin selection in October and it stayed there until mid December. And by the end of the year, the song music video and the album had all become hits. Um, it was in the top 10 in 28 different charts between 91 and 92. And, um, the decade in sales chart from it was number one on the decade in sales chart from twenty t- between twenty ten and twenty nineteen on U.S. mainstream rock. So not even in the nineties, in the twenty ten, the two thousands. Yeah, it was number one. Crazy. It went two times platinum in Italy, which I thought was interesting, and the U.K. and then platinum in U.S. and Denmark. And who was who was in Nirvana? Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters. The Foo. <laughs> I call him the Foo. D A F O O O. The Foo's. Um, you know they still play this on the radio. It's yeah, still popular. No, it, yeah. yeah, I don't think this is a song that will ever not be popular. Well, that explains the number nine in the top five hundred songs of all time. Exactly. Which um, what was number one? We need to rip apart that chart. Yeah, what's number one? I don't know. I didn't look. 
I should have, but I didn't. Yeah, Rolling it. Stone. Look it up. Rolling Stone top 500 songs. I, I want to read my notes. You look it up. No, I'm I think reading. we're done with your notes. No, I'm not. I still got more notes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this was this is a big song. Fine. Read while I search because I'm now I'm, I'm determined to find out what was number one song of all time. So Teen Spirit was interpreted as a teen revolution anthem, um, and it was re- which was reinforced by the music video. Um, and in an interview um, conducted the day Nevermind was released, Kurt Cobain said the song was about his friends, explaining, we still feel as if we're teenagers because we don't follow the guidelines of what's expected of us to be adults. It also has kind of a teen revolutionary theme. And then he also said it was an attempt to write a song in the style of the Pixies, which was a band that he greatly admired. Uh, he said, I was trying to write the ultimate pop song. I was basically trying to rip off the Pixies. I have to admit it. When I heard the Pixies for the first time, I connected with that band so heavily that I should have been in that band, or at least a Pixies cover band. We use their sense of dynamics, being soft and quiet and then loud and hard. He also said the entire song is made up of contradictory ideas. It's just making fun of the thought of having a revolution, but it's a nice thought. So as he did more interviews, he changed his, his explanation of the song and rarely gave specifics of the meaning. And then Dave Grohl said that he doesn't believe the song has has any message and just said, just seeing Kurt write the lyrics to a song five minutes before he first sings them, you just kind of find it a little bit hard to believe that the song has a lot to say about something. You need syllables to fill up this space or you need something that rhymes. Mm-hmm. So what was number one? All right, let's start from 10 to 1. How about that? Okay. You guys ready? Yep. Number 10, Ray Charles, What What I'd Say. Not familiar with that one. I don't know that one. Number 9, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Number 8, The Beatles, Hey Jude. Ooh. Number 8, I'm sorry, number 7, Chuck Berry, Johnny B. Good. Ooh. Uh-huh. Number 6, Beach Boys, Good Vibrations. Uh-huh. Number 5, Aretha Franklin, Respect. Uh-huh, Respect. Yep. <laughs> Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. Yeah. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Number three, John Lennon, Imagine. Mm. Number two, Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Number one, Bob Dylan, Like a Rolling Stone. What? I'm I'm cool with all of them except for number one. Yeah, I don't like Bob Dylan. I, the, I like... Is it's kind of the category of it, the 500. Those are older songs yeah. than yeah. what Teen Spirit is. Yeah, Teen Spirit's the only one in the 90s. All the other ones are 65, 70s, and 50. But, I mean, that's pretty awesome of Nirvana to to be in with those older songs. The only, you know... With those artists. Yeah, with those artists. I mean, that's a big... That's a big accomplishment. Apparently, they updated the list in 2010 with 26 new songs and... They added Juicy by Notorious B.I.G. I love that. Of course they did. I love that. And they added U2, um, Beyonce, uh, Rihanna. Uh, Why would you add Rihanna? Uh, all right, we're going to have to dig into this later on. In the 2010 update of the 500 yeah. greatest songs of all time. Yeah. But yeah, I was cool to listen to number one. Yeah. I think any any other one of those songs could have taken the place of, of uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah. I would have put John Lennon Imagine as number one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, Or my personal would have been Yesterday by the Beatles. 
Yeah. I think that would have been my number one. That would have been my number one. I think one. just about anything by the Beatles could have replaced that one. Yep. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Whatever. We're not on the panel. But, you know, they probably have to do it because it has the name of the out, the magazine on it, like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. And they had to put Rolling Stones on there. All right. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. All right. So, Megan, next one. your turn. <laughs> Uh, my next one is Lightning Crashes by Live. I love this band. Came out in, I like the band and I just I like this song. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a This is one of my favorite songs of theirs. Strange lyrically song. It can kind of take different meanings. They actually um their whole meaning there was a couple stories behind it, but none of them were really true. Um the the guy that wrote the song um said that it was mainly just he wanted it to sound um, kind of mystical and that he claimed that the story was a connection between an old lady dying and a new mother uh, at the moment of giving birth so it was kind of like a you know beginning of life you know end at death and, and every, you know, everything in between everything Yeah. so um, it actually it received enough airplay to peak at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100 uh, in 1995 uh, and the Song of the band actually dedicated this song to a high school friend uh, named Barbara Lewis, who was killed by a drunk driver in 1993. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, w- I like the sound of the song. I think it's really the guitar behind it. Um, uh, it starts out with a guitar, and you kind of just hear it that really simple strum, but it's really strong. And then he starts singing, and it's very smooth and it's very, yeah, it never it's very anthematic. Real loud, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just very. You hear it, and you, as soon as you hear that first little bit, you know exactly mm-hmm. what song it is, and you kind of connect to it in a way. Even if you don't really like the song, you kind of feel like people can connect to the song. I never, by the way it sounds. I never heard this song until I started dating Kelly. Yeah, I no. never heard it because I never, I never heard of live ever mm-hmm. until we started dating. And you played it. I think you played it for me. You even gave me gave me the song on a mix CD. And I was like, mm, never, I had never heard of it before. Yeah, there, I have one of their albums uh, in my car. It's one of my favorite albums, and you know, and I like too that they're on the very first Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> in the beginning, um, was just, this song on there? No, uh, the song is called "Deep Enough," and. <laughs> Um, and it plays in the beginning of the first Fast and Furious movie uh, when um, Paul Walker is... Come on the show. He... <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. Too yeah, soon. thanks. You agreed. That's... She agreed to it. She goes, yeah, Paul... Oh, wait. No. Um, but yeah, he um, he was testing out his car because he's trying... He's an undercut for a cop and all that stuff. Everybody knows the story. Um, but yeah, they start playing the beginning of it and a few, uh, a few lyrics. So now I have a random question mm-hmm. is live is all their music like lightning crashes or are they heavier? Like they was don't, li- don't really get heavier. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say is lightning crashes. Louder. Is that their sound or was yeah. that just the, the one song? Like, no, that's, that's pretty much their sound. Okay. Yeah. Mostly, that's their sound. Yeah. Okay. They get a yeah. little bit louder in a couple of their songs, but they don't. Some they are a little bit. With that yeah. And some faster. are a little bit more like faster. Okay. Cause I was wondering if they're like Nickelback where like fo- people think photograph is a Nickelback song, but then you hear the rest of their catalog and you're like, holy crap, that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some 
heavy stuff with Nickelback. Yeah. Um, I think I have, uh, I can't remember the name of the album. I think it's the five album. It had uh, the Roman numeral five. On no, it's it. just the V. Yeah, I know that. Um, I think that's the one I have. Okay. I can't remember. Cool deal. I just know the CD has stars all over it. Oh, I have seen that a CD in your car. Okay. Yeah. Cool that, deal. That's, I love that album. It's really good. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's a really good song. But I feel like it's in, it, has it been in movies at all? I want to say it's or been TV on, shows. Yeah, it's been on something, um, but it was one of those songs that you rarely heard it on the radio. I never heard it on the radio and ever. So like any time I would catch it, it was like usually halfway through it. But I would always it was one of those songs that I had to listen to, even if it was like towards the end of it, I had to listen to it because you just never heard it. <laughs> so I actually got to see them. Um, it was on One Tree Hill. Oh, yeah. I knew it was on one of those shows. Um, <laughs> Lily's like trying to back up at me. <laughs> back up. Our dog's tail's hitting the table. Back up. Yeah, oh, go Lily, over. come over here. But it, it actually made um, on the 100 best alternative rock songs for 94. It made it on there. Hmm. Yeah, I, I wish I had known more about them, but they just, they, in New York, they didn't cross my my yeah. path i i got to see them i think it was at sunfest in florida uh in fort La- i think it was in fort lauderdale but anyways yeah i got to see them i went with my brother and my sister-in-law and i got to see them and i don't know, remember who else was there but i remember getting to see them i was so excited so yeah i don't think i've ever seen them live just- that's that's the only time I've ever seen them live. And I think they only played like a couple songs. It wasn't like it was Sunfest was kind of like buzz bake sale where it was like just a bunch of different artists. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it was cool. Cool beans. Yep. Good song. Yep. Your turn. So mine is, um, I almost read mine is Dre smooth by Santana. <laughs> no, mine is smooth Dre by is Santana. Smooth. Rob Thomas. Yep. 1999. Now, this song was everywhere. Oh, yeah. All of these songs that we did yeah, were true. everywhere. But and I mean, still, it was. With, with Santana, it's just, I remember growing up listening to Santana with um, my my uncle um, and my aunts. They were just. I grew up listening to all these music because they were young taking mm-hmm. care of me because my mom was at work. So like, they left me with my, my aunts and uncles. And mm-hmm. I grew up listening to all these types of different musics. Yeah. And I remember listening to Santana. I'm like, all right, cool go about my life and all of a sudden I'm a teenager and all of a sudden Santana's back with yeah. Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Santana did a lot of crossover in the That 90s. whole that one album has yeah. Michelle Branch, uh Wyclef, yeah. Rob Thomas, the lead singer of um Wherever You Will Go. Um The go. Calling. Oh, The Calling. Yeah. The Calling and um that whole album was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I love the Michelle Branch awesome, one. Yeah, yeah, that the Michelle Branch one almost made it on here. Yeah. But I was like, this one was everywhere yeah. more. Yeah. And I love the fact that in the music video, his wife is the the female lead. Rob Thomas, his wife, yeah. is the female lead. Yep. And she is oh, the dancer. Yeah, she's yeah. a knockout. Yeah. Knockout yeah. beauty. Um, this song won the song of the year and record of the year at the two thousand Grammys because it got released late in nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So I made it into the two thousands. Mm-hmm. And um and looking back in looking back on the song in 2020, Rob Thomas told song, song Facts, I believe the best part of the whole process is that Carlos and I have become so close 
that we communicate just about every day, always sending silly messages or song ideas or pics from our day. He's been a great mentor, but an even greater friend. So that how crazy is that? You're, you're just homies with Carlos Santana. Yeah. And you just text message with Carlos Santana. Like, hey, what's up, dude? They're sending memes to each other. Like we do on our yeah. group chat. He's just texting Carlos Santana memes. But I mean, that's how they, that's how celebrities are. Like they're all. So we're celebrities. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's how, like when they're friends with each other, it's just like. Yeah, they just. They're, I mean, they're they normal. are just regular people. Yeah. But for them, it's like, oh yeah, my friend Carlos, you know. Or he probably calls him like C-Note. No, he doesn't. Or he calls him Carlitos. No, he doesn't. You never know. <laughs> I think only you would do that. <laughs> so, I like that um, Rob Thomas found out that it had been released as a single when he was standing on a street corner in Manhattan. A convertible full of girls pulled up with a song blasting on the car stereo. And he, he said he knew it was a really big song when he went to Los Angeles a, sh- a short time later and encountered um, Jason Newstead of Metallica coming out of an elevator. And then he says, the guy came out of the elevator and was like, hey, Rob. Never met him before. Hey, Rob, I like that song with Carlos. He's like, all right, cool. I went from Hot Girls in New York City to Metallica. There's <laughs> something happening here. So I like, and he says that mo- mo- most of the lyrics are uh, owed to his wife, um, who's Puerto Rican. So he goes, Mi Mu Equita, which translates to my little doll in Spanish, which I've never heard that before. And his little Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa. It's just such a cool song. The oh. cool vibe to it. Mm-hmm. I almost want to play a little clip of it, but I won't. It's a great dance song. It yeah. Is. You automatically dance when you hear it. Yeah. You start. You just start dancing. I have yeah. actually danced to this at a salsa party that I went to. Hold up. Wait, and what? The song came on. Oh, yeah. Megan dances salsa? We didn't know I that. I dance to salsa. Look at I that. I don't dance to salsa, but I did dance to salsa. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like 17, and I went to this salsa party, and... Um, a guy pulled me up and he was like, you know, let's dance. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good. And he's like, no, come on. I have to teach you. And we, and we were dancing to this song. He says, and my little, my little, uh, what city are you from? Six miles. Six miles. I almost said, I almost said eight mile again. Oh my gosh. My little, eight, my little, my little, my eight mile Mona Lisa. <laughs> it almost came out again. Uh, but yeah. You that, said five mile too. You were like. Yeah, you said five mile last five time. Mile. <laughs> you yeah. got so, everywhere but six. Like six six mile. mile. I got to remember that. Yeah. Six. Because I don't know. I can't get <laughs> At least it. you're not from Tudor Town. <laughs> Tudor Town? What's Tudor Town? <laughs> it's over uh, by Brett and Lauren's house. It's like literally there's a sign on one on at the top of the. Come on, what spit it out. It is. I don't know. I can't think at the top of the hill? ground or hill. Yeah. Okay. And then like at the bottom, it's the end of Tudor Town. Oh, geez. <laughs> or it's not like the, the 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 city right down the street where the uh, distillery is. Yeah, it's sugar, like that. Sugar. Sugar tit. You can say it. No. Why? That's a bad word. No, it's not. <laughs> sugar tit is something that they give baby cows. Yeah, yeah but still, I'm like... Have... When... When I drove by, I'm like, it says, welcome to Sugar Tail. I was like, wait, what? Hold up. What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But that's a city you in know South Carolina. call it Six Mile? No. Six Mile is actually an old Indian settlement town that it's six miles away from each town that it's away from. Oh. So they called it Six Mile. But it's not actually Six Miles. Like, it's. 
it's not six miles big <laughs> five and a half and seven and you know but no it's not it's six miles big but then it got really kind of it's not popular town but a lot of people drive through it and not know it when they're heading up to like the like Tudor town where you know huh. they're heading to the lake or something like that because they have to drive through it they um so it's not like on the map or anything they have the biggest thing they have in that town is a dollar journal they have one gas station, one Dollar General, one street light, one ice cream shop, one bank. <laughs> You're like blowing his mind. No, I'm, right just, now. I'm like, what? That's that's cool. I think that's cool. That is a small town. I think that's really cool. Tiny town. Yeah. I wish I had grown up in a city like that. That would be cool. It's not a city. It's a town. It's a town. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> there, it's, there's no city. All right. We're in the city. Very quickly. <laughs> you yeah. leave home and you leave town limits. Basically. Yeah. It's, not, it's like yeah. Westview in WandaVision. <laughs> it's just, it's there. Okay. Yeah. All right. It just goes in a circle. <laughs> on to the next one. Come on, Kelly. Come oh, on. sorry. That's me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think I'm done with songs. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. So this is one of my favorite songs. Um, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yep. I, I love this album. Uh, hate the movie i never saw the movie um it was written for the movie city of angels and then it was later included in their album dizzy up the girl oh yeah yeah that was a great album i have that album say again what movie is that city of angels yeah Yeah. nicholas cage and um meg ryan yeah can I vent for a second on that movie? Oh, God, go ahead. Or do you want to talk about your thing first? I mean, I talked about it a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, Iris is one of the biggest crossover hits in the history of pop music, mm-hmm. crossing over from modern rock to pop and adult contemporary radio. It became number one on all of those formats and also became the most played song of 98. Yep. Um, and Resnick... What explained how he wrote the song. He was thinking about the situation of Nicolas Cage's character in the movie. The guy is completely willing to give up his own immortality just to be able to feel something very human. And I think, wow, what an amazing thing it must be like to love someone so much that you give up everything to be with them. That's a pretty heavy thought. So, if Go you ahead. haven't seen, if you haven't seen City of Angels. Don't <laughs> don't because don't Nicholas Cage is an angel. Yeah. And he falls in love with Meg Ryan. Isn't it in New York? I if I'm not mistaken, it's in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. I haven't seen no, it. I, I think saw it in the Los theaters. Angel, isn't Los Angeles called the, the city, city of Angels? Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably. Look it up. Just look it up in the meantime. Yeah. But so he gives he he falls in love with this girl. He's Nicholas Nicholas Cage is like a guardian angel, so he's floating around and just hanging out, or whatever. And he falls in love with her. So he gives up being an angel to be with Meg Ryan, which you're like, oh, how sweet, how beautiful. This is amazing. Yeah, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is really, it's, it's really nice. So at the end of the movie, <laughs> Meg Ryan is all happy that she's gotten her angel guy to live with her. So she starts riding her bike with her arms open like this, like an idiot, spread, <laughs> spread open. And she gets hit by a truck and dies. <laughs> So dude man gives up everything to be with this girl for like three hours. And for the length of the movie. And Dum Dum <laughs> decides to ride a bike down a hill 
with no hands. <laughs> look, ma, no hands. Look, ma, no hands. And then, bam, <laughs> truck. The worst thing that could possibly happen to you while riding your bike with no hands happens to her. <laughs> so, so the moral of the story, kids, is don't ride your bike with no hands. And, then, and keep your eyes open. And so then Dum Dum at the end is like, oh, wait. can I, I, I don't remember how, the, how it ended. But I'm pretty sure it ended with him calling God like, yo, dude. <laughs> so what happened Can I come was, back real quick? What happened was. <laughs> so, oh, man. That was such, I mean, it's like, when I, I refuse to watch Nicholas Sparks movies because it always ends in heartbreak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think starting then, I was like, I can't watch Nicholas Sparks movies. Like, I don't think this is a Nicholas Sparks movie. It's but, not, but I get why you don't want to watch them. Because... But it, they just end in heartache. <laughs> yeah, they do. Was The Notebook a Nicholas Sparks movie? Yeah. That killed me. But they, I mean, they got together. But then she died. Yeah, they spoiler both, alert they, they both die died the they die at the end and they're together they're old oh wait yeah. I, got, I got confused with something else yeah you're right you're right you're right yeah but it's so heartbreaking yeah. all right and then what about um the mandy moore one with um oh walk to remember oh yeah. walk to remember that I killed that me i can't I yeah i can't watch that uh nights at rodanthe oh my god <laughs> i never watched that one that's that, a good one megan that was a beautiful movie until the last a, five yeah. minutes of it that it it devastated me. Yeah. I love Richard Gere. Because you're all happy. Like, like they finally find each other. They fall in love. And yeah. they, they're going to be and together. Then they're going to be together forever. And then Richard Gere goes to, like, Ecuador to save. To help know. his son. I think his son was there. Yeah, he was, he was like, he was a doctor. And they were going to help yeah, poor doc- kids. He did, like, Doctors Without Borders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, she's expecting him to come back. She's like, oh, the, the doorbell rings. And she opens the door. And she's expecting it to be Richard Gere. And it's his son. And he's like, oh, he died in a mudslide. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Yeah. The whole movie, they set up this beautiful love story. And all of a sudden, uh-huh. mudslide takes him out. Yeah. That's Nicholas Sparks for you. That's morbid. It is. Maybe. Yeah, he's got a strange sense of romance. <laughs> yeah. And what was, the, what was the other one we saw that the girl was dead the whole time and I called it? Oh, that's on Netflix. What's her name? The Dancing Chick. Yeah. Hoff. Hoof. Yeah. <laughs> Hoog. Hoof. I don't know. Hoog. Hoog. There you go. I was close. Julie, Juliana. Juliana Hoff. Yeah. 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 I can't remember what it's called. I bought you that movie. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. You bought me. the pre- No, it's not The Prestige. It's. Um... You bought me. Um... But anyway, that movie, with that movie, um, <laughs> Julianne Hoff is in love with some good looking white dude. Come on, I'm, look, I'm looking. Hurry up. up! This is gonna—it's it, awkward now. Yo, stop! I gotta look it up. Sit, keep talking. All right. Anyway, um, so she's she's falling in love with this guy, and safe haven. Safe haven. She falls in love with the guy, and she's walking through the woods to meet up with him. And then some girl comes out of the woods and starts talking to her. Creeper. <laughs> and I was like, I told Kelly, we're in the theater. No joke, in the theater. I told Kelly, I was like, she's dead. Josh Jamal is in it. Josh Jamal. I was like, that chick is dead. And she goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, the girl who just came out of the woods is dead. She's seeing yeah. things. It was like the guy's dead wife. It was his, wife, his dead wife. Yeah. And telling her was... it's okay to, uh, trying to help him move on and be yeah. with this blonde girl. Yeah. Yep. Creepy. Yeah, it was. I was like, she's dead. Yeah. Six Sense status. But, but they ended up together. Yeah. And I called Six Sense too and I watched in the theaters too. Uh, sounds like you know a lot about death. I said, who's dead? <laughs> Anyway, so was that it for for uh, Google Dolls? No, I wasn't sorry. done. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. 
I just get I get very passionate about City of Angels, and I want people to save themselves from watching that crap. <laughs> Don't watch it, please. Enjoy the song. The song is one of the greatest the song is songs beautiful. written by man. I love this song. That should have been on the list of top 500, but don't watch the movie. Is. Don't watch the movie. Somewhere. It's probably 500. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but the song, which I didn't know this, um, the song is named after country folk singer-songwriter I- Iris Dement after he noticed her name in a concert listing in the LA Weekly newspaper. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. That's random. Um, and it received nominations at the 41st Grammy Awards for Record of the Year and pop performance by a duo or group. And the song also um, got a Song of the Year nomination. Um, it, certi- it was certified quadruple platinum by the RIAA on February 28th, 2018, which means it sold 4 million units. Um, it was ranked number 39 on Rolling Stone's list of 100, 100 greatest pop songs. Um it ranked number one in October 2012 on Billboard's Top 100 Pop Songs for 92 to 2012 chart. Um, and then Slide, their single Slide, ranked at number nine and Name at number 24 on the same chart. And they're the only musicians to have three songs on that list with two breaking the top 10 and all three falling within the top 25. Um, and then it ranked number one on six different charts around the world in 98. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Goo Dolls are just good. Yeah. They're just really good. That album is really good. That's Dizzy Up the Girl. Yeah. It's a really good album. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Onward. Yep. To another song. I think I... Megan has the oldest song on the list. Yep. I tried to find an older one, like the early, like at least early 90s, but I found one in 1990. And it is, to me, it's a feel good song. But then reading a little bit about it, it's not so feel goody. But <laughs> it's hold it's hold on by Wilson Phillips. Um, I like the song. We heard it on the on his uh, playlist the other day, and I still yeah. could sing along to all the words. Like it's crazy how oh, yeah. you can hear all of uh, you can remember all of the words to certain songs. So, Let me can talk. Do you realize that that's like 1990? That's 31 years old, right? Oh my god, wow. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. I now I do. Yeah. So it's almost just, as old as you. Just putting, well, no, it's actually It's older than you. A little younger than younger me. I was younger. 89. But since it came out yeah. in June of 90, so it it's, will be 31 this year. Yeah. In June. So it's But anyway, your age. <laughs> this, wow. Yeah, it's my age. <laughs> so the single topped at the US Billboard Hot 100 for a week in June of 1990 and it was the most successful single of that year. Um, it won the uh, Billboard Music Award for Hot uh, 100 Single of the Year in 1990. And then in 2017, Billboard ranked it uh, number 15 on the list of 100 Greatest Girl Group Songs of All Time, which I thought was kind of cool. Because they, mm-hmm. Wilson Phillips doesn't really, I mean, they're, they're not together anymore. They, every once in a while, perform together just as a, you know, yeah. for the heck of it, I guess. But they're not really, they don't really produce music much anymore. But um, the names of the group came from the last names of the three members, two of which are sisters mm-hmm. um, of the Phillips. Um, is was it Shana, Shanae? China. Uh, China. Cheyenne. China. Okay. I'm like I don't know if I've ever I think China. I don't know. I always thought it was 
I don't know what I thought it was. <laughs> China. <laughs> but then, yeah, I don't know what I thought it was. But um, then it's Carney Wilson and Wendy Wilson are the sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, Phillips wrote the song after battling a substance abuse. And she was inspired by what she learned at AA by taking one day at a time. And she told Kelly Clarkson in an interview a few years ago that she, if she didn't change her course when she was writing the song, uh, she thought that if she didn't change her course, she was going to end up in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. or dead. Um, so she kind of tried to clean up her life. She got help that she needed, and then um, she ended up writing a great song. And then she had a pretty successful music career. Um, she met and married um, actor William Baldwin. Um, she met him in 91 and then became part of the giant Baldwin family in 95, <laughs> and they're still married. I'm trying to remember which, one is, which one's William. I don't even know. I can't keep them all straight. I can't keep them straight until I see them, and then it's like oh. William Baldwin is the guy from um, Backdraft. Okay, that's okay. that's William Baldwin. Okay. See, and when you say that, then I know who you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, I have to and figure then, out which movie they're in. And then yeah. Alec Baldwin is—I think he's Alec's the most. The only one that I know, like he's the offhand-looking one. Yeah, there's there's a couple of the brothers. There's, there's a couple other exactly ones. Exactly. Yeah, but Alec Baldwin is like you know exactly who you're talking about. There's like nine of them. I mean, there's they're like the really, the they're like the Osmonds. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. Honorable mentions. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, can't help falling in love by UB40. Uh, it, this was released in '93, but it was originally an Elvis song mm-hmm. in 1961. Which I kind I kind of dig the the re-release. Mm-hmm. The UB40 version. I kind of dig that. Mm-hmm. I like to hear the Elvis one, though. Mm, well, I mean, both are good. Oh, wait. I have heard the Elvis one. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I had a brain fart. It was on, the, it was on that um, movie with Chandler Bing. No. Sorry. Disregard. Mm-mm. That was uh, Fool's Rush In. Yeah. My bad. Not that one. Um, California Love by Tupac featuring Dr. Dre. Yep. Uh, that was released in 1996. I love that song. Uh don't speak by no doubt when in 1995 man i remember when that song came out mm-hmm. uh truly madly deeply by savage garden in 97 semi- i listen to that all the time oh yeah um semi charm life by third eye blind also in 1997 and then summertime by fresh prince and dj jazzy jeff in 1991 that's one of my favorite songs of all time mm-hmm. summertime yeah that's that is a good will smith song yep that's a really good one. It's not goofy. It's it's just it's summertime. A good song. It's just, yeah, talking about summertime in the nineties. Oh God, what are you doing? Oh no, I'm afraid. I don't know what we're doing. Oh, he's pulling up summertime. <laughs> Can you hear that, Megan? Mm-mm. No? Oh, man. My headphone's not working right. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little All right, enough of that. <laughs> Before Will Smith sues us. Will Smith, yeah. come on the show. Yeah, I will. Come on the show. 
We just watched your uh, reunion, Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion. Come yeah. on the show. Joey, come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, my aunt's calling me now. Yeah, your cousin was FaceTiming me. Which one? Stephanie. Something must be happening. Just keep talking. Uh, so, the list of VH1's 100 greatest songs yeah, of the know. 90s. Uh, so, number one is Nirvana, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Number two was U2, One. Uh, Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Uh, Madonna, Vogue. Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. <laughs> That's your theme song. Yeah, you got it. That's your theme song. Yeah, no, it's not. All right, somebody else go. Where, where did you leave off? Uh, number six. Did you start from one? Yes, I started from one. And you just you just grazed over "I Want It That Way" by the Backstreet Boys. You were busy. One of the greatest pop songs of all time. You were busy. Tell me why. <laughs> I want it that way. <laughs> and I will always love you, which is amazing. Yeah. We got Sir Mix a lot. Baby got back. Uh, Britney Spears, "Baby One More Time." Mm-hmm. TLC, Jason Waterfalls. No, it's just Waterfalls. No, it's Jason Waterfalls. No, it's not Jason. <laughs> I thought that for the longest time that it was Jason Waterfall. Oh my gosh, are you serious? I thought it was Don't Go Jason Waterfall. <laughs> because in the video, it's some... Like song makes no sense. Because in the video, it's some, <laughs> it's some dude who's uh, like sleeping around and stuff. So I thought his name was Jason and he was Waterfall. And she's like, Don't Go Jason Waterfall. <laughs> Does it not sound like it? No, because it says don't go chasing waterfalls. Look, please stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. And I to. thought the dude could only <laughs> he could only stay in the lake. Oh I'm serious. Oh my god, that's amazing. I, I look, watch the video <laughs> and see. Very literal. I took yes, a, I'm like, I'm like, man, this dude Jason, what's he doing? <laughs> And then at the end when he, I think he gets AIDS, and I'm like, poor Jason. Yeah, because he's sleeping around so much. <gasps> Baby Zoe. Zoe. Oh my god! All right, I, see, Zoe get distracted. Me. Look at how pretty she is. <laughs> but anyway, I thought it was Jason Waterfall. Jason Waterfall. Oh my god! I so, got to see them in concert. That's cool. With new kids on the block. Thank did they sing Jason much. Waterfall? Yes, they did. Oh my god! Look at her eyes. She's so pretty, with her red hair. I love it. I got distracted. Sorry. All right. Where was I? Uh, Jason Waterfalls. Jason Waterfalls. Jason Waterfalls. <laughs> REM losing my... I'm not going to be able to listen to that. Well, uh, Megan, well, after the show, watch the... Watch the... <laughs> Zoe is killing me. Um, watch the video and, and just think of it as Jason Waterfalls. Look at... He's so pretty. She just <laughs> and she's smiling. laughing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's so cute. Okay. Anyways. Uh, REM losing my religion. That was a great song. Mm-hmm. That was on nine hundred two one zero. I'm distracted. I'm sorry. <laughs> like she's smiling. Look, at, she's just she's just that pretty. No, just cover the face. No, cover her face. Bleep it out. Yeah, just put like the black line across the her blur, face. Yeah. No, she's too pretty. <laughs> Where were you, uh, Sinead O'Connor? Nothing compares to you. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I I really like that song. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, then we got Pearl Jam, Jeremy. I'm not a big Pearl Jam guy. I'm I like not a few either. of their songs. I think I, I that I missed that. Yeah. That uh, train. Alanis Morissette, you ought to know. That was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, nothing but a G thing. Baby. That was my theme song of my life. 
Mariah Carey, Vision of Love, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge, MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This, Ugh, Destiny's Child, Say My Name. I had that album, say too. Say my name, say my name. Zoe's like, what's going on? Look <laughs> at her face. She's like, huh? <laughs> um, Metallica, Enter Sandman. Ooh, that's a good song. When I was a kid, my that, that is a great. Song. We were not allowed to even say the name Metallica. <laughs> my mom thought that they were legit the devil. <laughs> there was a song I couldn't listen to because my dad. <laughs> I can't. I I know the song. I can't think of the name right now. What is it? How does it go? I can't think of it, but it was like. I'll know the song when I hear it, but anyways, it was, it just had like this guitar riff in it. And for whatever reason, my dad did not like it. And he would, anytime oh, I love this song and anytime it came on the radio, he would make me change it because of that. That's funny. He would not let me, I don't know what it was about that guitar riff. I don't know if he thought it was like rebellious or what. One of Megan's ideas is songs that we, um, regret having our parents listen to. Was that it? Yep, that's a good, <laughs> I got one. Yeah, you got to find that one. I got another one. Which one? <laughs> uh, that Fifty Cent song where he says it's your birthday. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's uh. I can't think of it. In the club. In the cl- in the club. In the club. But my um, mom, <laughs> anytime it would be on the radio, I'd play it. <laughs> and my mom was in the car, and she smacked and she, you. No, she would start like bopping along. Oh my to gosh. It. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, Metallica, we, we were not allowed to listen to like we couldn't say that name. And so when we go to Ecuador to visit my dad's family, mm. um, my cousin Diego, big Metallica fan. <laughs> and so he has posters of it everywhere. And she's oh. like, Oh, you can't go in that room. You can't go in that room. <laughs> and then you listen to Metallica now of those days, and you're like, It's not heavy. It's not. Yeah. Not as heavy as some There's things in that genre. There's, There's a, a lot, lot worse. worse. Um, we got Beastie Boys, Sabotage, great song. Mm-hmm. Hanson's Umbop. Umbop. Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. Mm-hmm. Which is everywhere. Beck. Beck, loser. No, that's the name of the song. I'm not calling him a loser. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Salt and Pepper with M. Vogue, What a Man. I saw them in great in song. concert, too. House of Pain, Jump Around. And Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun. Those are the top 25 songs of the 90s for VH1. Mm-hmm. Those are good songs. They are good songs. Like, Majority of those songs I listen I would to. sit I would sit down and listen to this entire playlist with the exception of uh Beck. Um I, I I'll listen to Beck except for um where was I? Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Child. Yeah. I hate that song. I hate yeah. them as a band. For yeah. me, X out Beastie Boys and Hanson and I'll listen to it. Really? You wouldn't listen to Hanson Umbop? No. Da ba do ba. I thought they were weird. I thought they were girls when I saw the video for the first time. So did I. I think everybody did. I was like, man, that, that, I was like, they're pretty cute little girls. Which for the '90s, you would think that like long hair boys with long hair would be like a normal thing to see. But they were just they were really really young, so they looked like yeah, little they girls. They looked like little girls. Oh well, and they sounded like girls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's so pretty, <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> but yeah, that's our that's part one of our 1990s song mm-hmm. uh, episode. She's just staring at the camera. She's so She can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's not going to wave. So, <laughs> you, why did she just bust out a wave to me? That would be awesome. She's like at the camera. She's like, hey. She kind of bats at stuff every once in a while. So, it kind of looks like she's waving. She's so pretty. <laughs> like I'll hold something in front of her and she'll just start batting at it. <laughs> so, bat. with that being said, next week's episode, 
Are we doing that episode? Uh-huh. All right. So Kelly wants to do an episode, the hardest gangster rap songs <laughs> in history. Nope. And Coolio's number one. Yeah, that's not a hard gangster rap. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to do the top notorious B.I.G. songs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the East Coast, West Coast rivalry. No. Then what Nothing is it? Nothing to do with rap. Okay. Then what is it? Uh, no doubt. No doubt. So me and Megan know nothing about No Doubt except for the same six songs. Me and Megan know. That's, we just <laughs> we know the exact same songs. Like okay, oh cool. My gosh. So this people. is gonna be a Kelly's a Kelly episode. Y'all people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, y'all people like you two. Oh, like... I thought you say y'all Colombians. No, that's messed up. My daughter's half Colombian. Why True. Would I say that. True. <laughs> All right then. Well, with that being said, we'll wrap it up. Um, so we'll let Megan sign off first. Later. Vaya con Dios. Dory was a queen's fish. <laughs>